Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. We were going to have a game preview today, but the Predators showdown with the Calgary Flames is postponed due to COVID. We will talk about both the on-ice and uh, some of the off-the-ice impact this uh, postponement can have. Plus, it is report card season. It's the end of the semester. Ann and I are putting together our list of how the Preds have done so far. Plus, our 12 Days of Christmas theme continues. We're on eight maids of milkin'. Who milks it the best in the NHL? We're talking about embellishment calls. That is the theme today. You are listening to Locked On Predators. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at, on the Forecheck, and I have a partner in crime who I have to commend for taking over the show solo yesterday while I was day-to-day with non-COVID-related illness. Hey, I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at On the Forecheck, and I was happy to help out, but it was so boring compared to the time I get to talk with you. So I'm super glad you're back and feeling mostly healthy. Well, thank you. Yes, still uh, still doing this from the the comfort of under five blankets in a in a very, very heated office at the moment, but slowly but surely, a lot better than I was yesterday. Good. Um, speaking of illness, hey, uh, COVID is still very, very much a thing in the NHL. Uh, in case you missed the news, the Predators game tonight against the Calgary Flames uh, will not be happening. It has been postponed. In fact, Calgary's next handful of games have all been postponed. The Flames have six players and one staff member in COVID protocol. Uh, They were put there over the past 24 hours or so. Um, COVID protocol, by the way, does not necessarily mean all those people tested positive. It could just be close contact, uh, perhaps like symptomatic. You just have to be an observation. Um, but it's it's still a reminder that it is very, very much a thing, um, you, you know, and, and there's there's two ways to look at this. And we'll talk about kind of the bigger picture in just a second. But, you know, just from the hockey aspect, the Predators are on a five game win streak. Uh, you know, they finally have kind of a bit of a normal schedule after the chaotic November. And then, uh, yeah, lo and behold, you, you kind of have an unexpected break in, in the middle of your week. Yeah, you know, on the one hand, you think, okay, this this is great because this was a very packed week for the Predators. They had a game on Sunday night. They had a game scheduled again for tonight, Tuesday. They have Thursday, Friday game and a Sunday game. So, you know, and my initial thought is, oh, hey, great. You know what? This gives them a little bit of an opportunity to sort of take a deep breath, relax, have some time at home. The flip side of that, though, when I really think about it, is it does sort of disrupt this momentum that they have going. And if you recall, when the Predators missed, uh, had a postponed game against Ottawa, they came back and did not have as great a performance as what we would have liked. So I'm a little bit... Uh, a little bit nervous about how the Predators are going to walk out having kind of a little bit more time off. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for the team. And again, hate to see it disrupt this momentum. And hopefully it's something that they'll be able to pick up and keep going. Now, Thursday's game is against the Avalanche. So, you know, that's 
they're not walking into an easy one anyway. So I think John Hines and the staff will, you know, do a good job adjusting to this and hopefully they can kind of keep whatever energy they have kind of going on the right track, but it's definitely a curveball, And I think it's one this league's going to have to get used to, and the players are going to have to get used to this kind of thing happening. Yeah. You know, look, I mean, I think, again, well, let me let me go back to the Preds for a second. And I do think I want to say that the I do think maybe there's a different a different vibe this time than last time, because mm-hmm. you know, the Ottawa cancellation happened. They were in the middle of a Canadian road trip. Um, and uh, yeah, all of a sudden you had like an extra three days in, in Montreal. Yes, that, that's not something that really happens outside the playoff. To, to go that long in one city without playing this time they're at least at home maybe they can do that but you know you mentioned Anna it, it, this feels like it might just be at least in the immediate short term a kind of the the new norm uh, yes. across the NHL and, and we're kind of seeing it in other sports too I mean we we, we talked about the flames they're the headlines but uh, the Carolina Hurricanes had a couple of players including um, Seth Jarvis um, you know, who, who couldn't get back into the country today because of COVID results. Uh, and so they're in Vancouver quarantining while the rest of the team's back in there. In the, in the NBA, Chicago Bulls canceled two games and NFL had 38 players uh, in one day enter COVID protocol. So this, this feels like this is, um, I think, quickly becoming a thing around... Yes around sports and that's something that they're going to have to navigate because omicron is a a very real threat um you know there's precautions and stuff like that but this is going to be a thing for a while and i think that's something that fans are going to have to keep in the back of their mind that you know that there's going to maybe be some disruptions and some things we're looking forward to like the olympics or the all-star game to a lesser extent that might have to be put on the back burner. Yeah. And, you know, it, there is a, I think we kind of get, you know, we can get lulled into this false sense of everything is back to normal. And I know for me, when I saw the news um, yesterday about the game being canceled, I had this kind of almost like a startle reflex of like, oh, that's, you know what, that's right. Um, You know, we had tickets to the game for tonight, which totally stinks because it's the best date night ever. But um, it really is. It's such a fun, it's such a fun time. But I agree with you. This is something that, you know, the league and organizations and players and honestly, even players' families are going to have to figure out, you know, sort of how to navigate this. Um, And I know with the Calgary situation, they are testing families, they're testing girlfriends and kind of monitoring that. Uh, but sports are close contact. You know, there, there's just Tanner Janot is not going to give you six feet distance. He's just not. Um, so it's a whole it's a whole extra level of logistics and uh, just things to be really mindful of. And, and like you said, I think the impact down the road for things like the Olympics, you know, this is a wake up call to what are these players going to be willing to do 
to compete in the Olympics? Or is something like this kind of going to jar the league into saying it may not be worth it to send these players to Beijing? I don't, you know, well, they've already, a whole discussion. Yeah, I mean, they've already kind of come out and said that. Uh, we They're like, we prefer you not go. Uh, mm-hmm. But then again, let's be honest, the NHL didn't really want them to go in the first place. Um, yes. You know, I look at things like the All-Star Game in Las Vegas, which is like a week before the Olympics. And I'm like, why is this even on the schedule for this year? Yes. One, um, where you're just kind of bringing fans and players from across the country to a thing where, you know, a, a lot of players weren't that thrilled to to be a part of. Anyway, I mean, we saw like Ovechkin kind of bail out in, in games a while ago. And that was a that was a big thing. And, and so. Yeah, I have I have a feeling you're going to see something from the league down the road. Um, in terms of the Olympics, it's clearly in the players' court because um, the NHL mm-hmm. said, "Look, we agreed with the NHLPA. Um, you know, they they can't just say, well, sorry, we're not going to the Olympics.' Right? Here's the schedule. You can't do that at this point. But it's up for the players to say." You know, we don't think this is a good idea. And I it's I think it was first week of January is the deadline they have to give for that. Um, so so we'll see. And again, this might be just the thing where it's just like, hey, we need some more clarity on this. Um, our booster is going to help, which all medical research says, yes, it will. You know, mm-hmm. what what's the quarantine situation going to be like? What are the testing going to be like? Um, so, you know, maybe it's just a matter of needing to get more information, um, but, but we'll see. Right. Right. And I know that the Olympic committee is supposed to be releasing things like the COVID protocols here in the next day or so. So like you said, more information, more clarity will definitely help some decisions be made. Yes. Uh, happier topics to discuss though. Well, happier for most of the Preds report card time. We are going to judging the first semester of Predators Hockey. But first, I want to give a shout out to today's sponsor, our friends at Omaha Steaks. I probably can skip this entire ad because, let's face it, you guys know what Omaha Steaks is. My first experience was getting a gift uh, from my dad's company. It was delicious. We ate like kings and queens for a week. The holidays are right around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky, but Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees. That's a lot of food for not a lot of money. Like the world-famous bacon wrap, filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. Uh, the caramel apple tartlets are the apple of my eye. I will hold for that joke to land. And now that it has, I will continue on. When you use the code NHL, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. I can see and just eye-rolling at the sound of that we've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays so don't wait order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code nhl achieving gifting greatness with omaha steaks incredible flavor incredible value and 100 guaranteed again omahasteaks.com keyword nhl 
you listen to podcasts not just for Nick's amazing puns, but also for the power of the inside tract. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to the latest episodes of Locked On Predators and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can share all the insights. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all the money you'll save and all that edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere or for all phones, networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Well, thanks again, everybody, for making Lockdown Predators your first listen of the day. One of the juiciest sound bites that came out of the Preds this past weekend, Philip Tomasino called UC Saros the best goalie in the NHL. Do we agree with that? Where would we rank him after this week? Uh, that is coming up tomorrow on Lockdown Predators. Uh, me and Anne are furiously taking notes on that one. We have some strong opinions. We just did a goalie list not too long ago, but you know, after these past week or so, maybe our opinions are changing. Anne, it changes so quickly with goalies. Actually, that's that's definitely one of those where if you're grading them you know, for their semester, you've really got a lot of looking to do. Yes, that is a great segue also, because right now uh, it is report card time. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the sentence that strikes fear into both the hearts of students and parents alike, um, as both Anne and I can probably share from experience. We are looking at the first semester of Preds play, so the season so far, uh, and going and uh, giving uh, our favorite Nashville Predators some grades. Yeah, this is, uh, it's always nice to be able to give the grades and maybe not have to receive them as a grown up. (laughs) Yes. So let, so why don't we do this by tiers? Okay. Um, and then we can kind of, you know, not necessarily player by player, but, you know, tier by tier kind of go into it. Um, yep. Who are your A tier players? Which players would have an A so far? So, you know, this is actually very nice because I have several and they are not, uh, not all of them are the ones that I think would have earned an A in previous semesters. So my A students so far are, of course, Roman Yossi. All right. Uh, Mikhail Granlund. He is the the real quiet student that sits like midway back in the aisle and maybe doesn't raise his hand for all the questions, but by dang, he aces those tests. Yes. And Matt Duchesne, definitely an A student. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about you? you I agree? actually had several in there too. So I okay. had the ones you had, mm-hmm. uh, but I also had Ryan Johansson. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, that's who, true. Who I would not have put in this tier 
maybe about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he is finally starting to score the same way he's been just kind of his all around play has been, I think has bumped him to a tier. He's doing exactly what the predators need him to. And Philip Forsberg. Interesting. Philip Forsberg is somebody I, I went back and forth on this. Okay. Um, but I do feel like the play he's had both right before and right after his injury have been good enough for me to be like, you know what, this is this is probably good. And that top line is just playing so well right now mm-hmm. that um that that yeah, I think he deserves an A tier. Sounds like you might have him in a B tier. I gave Forsberg a B plus strictly because of the time missed for the injury, which again, I know is uh, in so many ways that's out of his hands, Um, but it's that reliability. And can we just take a moment to appreciate the fact that Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson are a students when they have been um, definitely almost demonized for their play over the last, you know, season and a half. So love seeing them do as well as they're doing now. I do have some other B students that I think we should probably talk about. Um, And, and they were on the cusp for me, but I have the herd line of Jeannot, Trennan and Sissons. I have them as B students. Nailed it. That's exactly. Is what that I, where you had them? Yeah, exactly. I had. I didn't even list them one by one. I just said herd line. Yep. In my little notes. Yep. Um, I think that they are very consistent in identity. I think they are leaders in that. I think they are producing. You know, they are playing exactly as John Hines wants them to play. I think that we need a little bit more offense from them. That's why they're not my A guys. I was kind of in the same boat as that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Trenton and specifically is kind of uh, heated up a little bit. But yeah, we kind of talked about how uh, like Trenton was off to a little bit of a slow start scoring wise. Um, but I also just think the energy that they've played with this season really helps for that role they had. Um, other B list guys for me, Ellie mm-hmm. Tolvanen. Yes. It's somebody who I think is maybe a B minus after maybe being a C for a lot of the season. Uh, Matthias Eckholm, I think, has been a solid B player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, a trio of defensemen. Uh, uh, well, I guess it's Eckholm, it's four, but another trio of Alexander Carrier, mm-hmm. Dante Fabro, mm-hmm. and Matt Benning. Okay. Those are all B players when you look at the role they've played, the role the Preds have asked them to play. They've all excelled in that role this season. And, you know, you can maybe nitpick and look at somebody like Fabro and say, well, we'd like him to score more. But the the game the Preds are asking those three to play, they're excelling in it. And that's a big reason why the Predators are red hot right now. I agree with those uh, those grades exactly, and I agree with what you're saying about them as far as their roles. Yeah, it would be great if Fabro had more than one goal so far this season, but what they need him to do, he's doing, and he's doing it consistently. You know, we're just not seeing, you know, there was a struggle at the end of last season where Fabro really was was having trouble with turnovers and, and just making mistakes almost 
almost mental mistakes in some ways that appeared. You're just not seeing that. I would add Mark Borowiecki as a very solid B. I think he's playing some of the best hockey of his career. And again, doing that third line with Benning and Borough are doing exactly what they need them to do. I had him in my C tier. Just, just because, and it's no disrespect because he is certainly playing exactly the role he needs to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for me, it was just an ice time thing. Um, he's, yeah. he's kind of out of the defensive people on that list uh, a little bit further down in terms of ice time, but like a high, a high C, like one point of, like if he came into my office and asked for extra credit, I would have bumped it to a B. Yeah, if he or, came or, or knowing Mark Borowiecki, he could have just walked into my office and threatened me. Exactly. That's sort of how I pictured it in my mind as well. Who else did you have in, in your C? Did you did uh, you have any other ones that you were? Yes. Like, hmm. uh, a couple of one of these you might disagree with. Okay. Um so I had Luke Cunning as yep. a C player. Yeah. I had Nick Cousins as a C player. Yep. I had Phil Tomasino as a C player mm-hmm. and we can dissect that one a little bit more in just one second. And then I had the goaltending duo of David Riddick and Connor Ingram Riddick, just because if like he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been like super outstanding either. Right. Uh, and then Connor Ingram played two games. One of them was really good. One of them was uh, a little bit off. So split the difference. Yeah, but see, I give him extra credit for sports, competitive athletics. Yes. Uh, If he's ever on the show, that's going to be the first question we ask. Oh, and we're going to have t-shirts. No, Um, actually, okay, do you have anybody else on your C? That was my C list. What were your thoughts on Tomasino? You know, I actually had him on my C list too. And I know you and I don't necessarily see eye to eye on, on Philip Tomasino. But for me, this is a C in like honors calculus so you know yeah you know what i'm saying like he is not where he is not where we want him to be but i feel like for what his experience is and for the growth that we want to see from phil tomasino i really feel like he's doing exactly you know he's doing what we want him to do i think if philip tomasino right now really stood out it would be bad you know i don't disagree with that yeah i think it's one of those things where it's like maybe right now the less you notice him the mm -hmm. better yeah um i'm i'm kind of the same boat i feel like whenever the preds have asked thomasino to to step up he has uh the the goal against the rangers was a prime example they had a bunch of their top line players out and thomasino stepped in and and got the the only goal of the game Mm -hmm. and that was great um, but there's also games where he's sort of non-existent and, you know, you can be like, oh, well, the Preds aren't giving him a lot of ice time. Yeah. But even in the ice time they get, he's kind of not been visible. Um, but a- again, a reminder, he is a, he is a small child who is not yet old enough to drink and you're asking him to play a full NHL season. Right. So I feel like a C, I, I really like your comparison of like, like a freshman in an AP calculus class. Yes. With all the seniors. Yep. And I think you can see growth in his game, you know, so I feel good about that. Now I did give some incompletes in my semester report. Uh, Phil Myers, 
and Matt Luff and Ben Harper, I feel like just didn't see enough of them, didn't turn in enough assignments, really can't tell you how they're doing. Yeah, I, I gave, I didn't even have Luff on my list just because I think uh, yeah. it's two games are not enough. Um, I did have a couple of D tier players. Ooh, break it to me gently. Uh, well, one of them is Ben Harper. Yeah, I went with an incomplete because I'm nice. <laughs> You know, I, I had Myers, Ooh, and this is this is hard because you mentioned incomplete. Ah, Myers is so hard to place because it, in one hand, it's like I feel like the ice time he's getting is good, but it's also like, you know, why aren't you making more of an impact? Mm-hmm. Um, one other person I had on my D tier, which is not something I would have thought, Tommy Novak. Okay, I left him at C. Because, but yeah, this that was a tough one. You know, he had that big hot streak at the beginning of the year where he had like what five points in like his first five games or something like that. But it's kind of been non-existent since. Yeah, and you know he has flashes of really good plays, but he really hasn't had that impact that we kind of thought maybe we're seeing at the start of the year when he first got recalled. Right. Yes. No. I. I can. I can see that and I I can see that. I don't feel disappointed necessarily in Tommy Novak. Um but I would like to see more from him. Yeah. I guess that's the best way to put that. That is. That is our uh, that's our report cards. We want to know what you think about this everybody. Uh let us know what you would grade every predator this year so far uh did we have somebody who was too high did we have somebody that was too low let us know tweet us at lo underscore predators but before that we have some 12 days of christmas to get to Anne. we do and i'm really excited to discuss this one we're gonna uh, wrestle with the deep thoughts of one of the most interesting and hotly debated calls in the sport of hockey with our eight maids of milking more coming on that in just a minute but want to talk to you about stance apparel i don't know if you've heard kind of the murmurings around about stance apparel I had and thought, okay, this is just kind of another clothing line fad that's going to come and go. And then I got on their website and got some stance apparel. And I want you guys to know this stuff is the real deal. If you're looking for quality and comfort, you need to check out stance. Stance was founded in 2009. They have all kinds of socks, they have underwear, they have active apparel, which I love. Uh, They have a focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. So this is not just your average boring active wear. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression, because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. So they have some great designs like Wu-Tang Clan. They have the Goonies, Star Wars, NBA, sports, Pixar, Bob Marley. I especially love their joggers. They are so comfortable, soft. They wear really well. And you also just feel good in them. You feel like 
you look sporty and great. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good, and you should go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use our promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Well, today's 12 Days of Christmas countdown is a maids of milk and <laughs> I like it every time. Yes, never gets old. Never uh, gets old. Except it probably has gotten old to a lot of people. And if you're one of them, I'm sorry. I can't help myself. Um, today, we're going to talk about players who milk it, a.k.a. the embellishment call. Mm-hmm. Uh, or is that one ref in the Nashville Predators game called it F you, you're getting an effing embellishment. <laughs> Which is actually not how it reads in the official handbook, but let's continue. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this is kind of a breakdown on what we think of the call right now. Uh, we kind of had a, a, a embellishment-ish situation uh, when the Preds played the Devils the, the, this past weekend, mm-hmm. uh, which caused a whole kerfuffle between the benches. Um, yeah, and I, I guess this is kind of just a general talk about diving in the NHL and uh, how it's it's kind of impacting some of the top players as much as it is like a penalty, you know? Yeah, the embellishment call delights and troubles me all at the same time. As a former theater major, I'm all about overacting, um, and and I'm here for that. But it absolutely baffles me when there is an embellishment call alongside of the penalty call. That is my biggest pet peeve in hockey. How is that? How does that happen? Look, if somebody is going to slash you, I don't care how dramatically you act about it. Like if if you as a referee are going to call the slash, I don't give a rat's jahuha how you act about having been slashed. I don't care if you fall down and you grip your hand and you writhe in agony. Like I'm okay with that if it was a slash. Yeah, but it. I can hear my dad screaming in the living room during the <laughs> game. So it's just like, it's either one or the other. It can't be both. You Word. can't be tripped and also fake a trip. Yes. Yes. A hun- Your dad is so right. Oh, don't yeah. tell him. Don't let him hear that. Okay. Well, we'll you can edit it. that we'll out if you want. It. We'll never hear the end of it. Yeah. You know, and, and I also, you know, I feel like if you're going to call the penalty, call the penalty. If somebody is embellishing to try to get you to call a penalty and you think they're just thinking, you know, they're just trying to do a little men's soccer on you, then that's when you call the penalty. And I do like, you know, I, I do like the way it is in soccer. And that sounds very weird because diving is very much a a hotly contested thing in soccer. And Uh a lot of newer MLS fans in here are starting to pick up on it. Um, But, you know, if if you get like kind of contacted and you dive, the ref just lets it go, like waves it off. And it's if it's like really obvious, like then he'll call a penalty on you for doing the dive not the person who like made contact. Um, so I, I do like that. 
Um, right. You know, like the the Jack Hughes thing uh, the other night in Nashville, where uh, who who was it? I think it was Matt Benning. Mark Borvietsky. Was it Borvietsky? Yeah, it might have been Borvietsky. Or Borvietsky like went up to him afterward and yes. was like trying to get into him. I think it was the Benning got the penalty. Yes. And then Borvietsky kind of went after him and And then uh, Ekholm that, chimed in. Yeah, and that started the whole kerfuffle. Um, you know, the thing is plays like that, like that hurts hughes more than it is because if you start getting a reputation for mm-hmm. diving or like yeah. kind of embellishing then you're gonna not get the benefit of the doubt and what's what's kind of the big thing like Connor mcdavid saying oh he doesn't get like the calls that's mm-hmm. i guess been like a conversation topic in anaheim where he's like oh i'm not i'm not getting the calls people are holding me and grabbing me and all this but then it's like you think back to uh, when Colton Sissons bumped him on the way to the bench and McDavid went down and drew the penalty. Yes. It's like that kind of stuff that it's like, okay, well, like anytime you like dive or like twist your body around or like, you know, go to the ice, even if you're getting like, you know, your legs like, like can open or open, like you're not going to get that benefit of the doubt. Right. And you look at Jack Hughes and you think, hey, buddy, don't start this young because it's going to haunt you. Now, I will say this. I feel like P.K. Subban has gotten a little bit of the short end of the stick with embellishment stuff. And here's what's real. P.K. Subban just does everything with flair. So do not punish him. (laughs) Like he is larger than life and amazing. So stop penalizing him for that and just call the penalty committed against him. You know, I'm I'm picturing uh, Buzz from Toy Story just saying we're falling with style. There you go. Yes. Yeah. And, And here's my my final kind of this is where I land with embellishment. I just find the irony so thick that a league that hires and employs Wes McCauley has a call of embellishment. Like, Oh, let's not bring Wes into this. I look, love Wes. I love Wes, but he definitely went to like the Jim Carrey school of refereeing. And so if he can do it like that, let's let the players have a little fun too. Okay. Yes. God bless Wes. God, God bless Wes. Yeah. We love Wes. Yeah. Uh, it certainly makes the calls fun. Yeah. Yep. I, mean, I think that's a, that's a good little, uh, little, little note to end on. Yeah. Um, and where can the fine people find your work? You can find my work on online at on the You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore mama on ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Check out my work at onthefortrek.com. Also, be sure to follow the show at LO underscore Predators. That is all the time we have today on Lockdown Predators. Tomorrow, is UC Saros really the best goaltender in the NHL, according to his teammates? We will dig into that one a little bit deeper. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Go check on Locked on Bets. Make that your second listen. Have a great Tuesday, everybody.